welcome into week three of I Need a Miracle. What's going on, Coastal Community Church? How are you guys doing this morning? You guys doing good? Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here, and we're so glad you're joining us. Can you help me welcome all of our family from Lighthouse Point that's joining us and everybody on church online right now? Man, we love you guys. Thank you so much for being with us this weekend as we're diving into week three of a series called I Need a Miracle. And we started off this year as a church, and we, we said that, you know, we're going to be about something this year that I think is going to be really, really critical in the, the, the life of not only us personally, but as a church. And we kind of have a focus this year on this word called health. And the goal is that this would be the best year of your life, which would mean that it would be the healthiest year of your life. So what does that mean? That means that means your marriage is going to get healthy. That means your finances are going to get healthy. It means that you're going to be healthy emotionally. You're going to be healthy in your mind. And so the goal throughout this year is that we would build everything around this idea that if we can all become healthier, then we can be the healthiest church in South Florida. And there's been a prayer that I've been praying over you guys on a daily basis. It comes out of 3 John. Two and it says, dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health. Everybody say good health. Yeah. Come on, say good health. Yeah. Good health and that all may go well with you even as your soul is getting along well. So if you're gonna get healthy in your life, it's gonna begin in your spiritual life. And if it's gonna be your best year yet, then that means it's gonna be your best year spiritually, and I've said this, and, and, and I don't think it's necessarily gotten through to all of us, but that issue that you're going through, that, that, that thing that is, seems to be the struggle in your life, that struggle is way more spiritual than you realize. And so until you align yourself spiritually with what God is trying to do in your life, you'll never see the breakthrough, you'll never see the miracles, you'll never see the outcome that you're looking for in life. And so we're working on getting spiritually healthy as a church. And this is what I've learned in life. You are only as healthy as your habits. It's a good point because a lot of us, what we have is we have uphill hopes, but yet we're living a life with downhill habits. And, 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 and really this series, I Need a Miracle, is, is really a bait and switch for a lot of you guys because we, we said, hey, man, we're going to do this series called I Need a Miracle. And people are like, yeah, because I want a miracle. Like so many people are like, TJ, I want a miracle in my life. Well, what if instead of this year going into it and going to God with going, I want a miracle from you. What if instead we develop the habits that were necessary to live a miraculous life where God can move in our life on a daily basis and we can actually sustain the miracle that he wants to do inside of every single one of us and that starts church in our daily lives in our daily habits it, it starts with that and we've said throughout this series if you want to experience the life of Jesus that you actually have to begin to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus like Jesus lived a life and it's not just a life to be admired it's actually a life that is to be modeled by every single one of us on a daily basis and so if we're going to do that there are some things there are some habits that Jesus displayed in his life that we probably need to have and we started in week one and we talked about this idea that if you want a miracle in your life you're gonna have to slow down a little bit you're gonna have to just slow your pace because some of us were running way 
way, way, way too fast for the next. Last week we talked about this idea that we've got to get alone with God. We've got to spend some time in prayer and really connect with our heavenly Father, who not only wants to speak to us, but He wants us to speak to Him. And so this week, what we're going to discuss, if you want to experience a miracle, is this: you have to commit to community. You have to commit to community. And, and, and we see this all throughout the life of Jesus. Jesus could have done everything alone. Like Jesus had the power to do everything by himself. He could have healed people by himself. He could have done life by himself. He could have been a total loner. But what we see throughout the life of Jesus is that he constantly surrounded himself with people, even from a very early age. In fact, one of the first... Uh, Passages that share about Jesus' early life. In fact, there's only one passage that really shares about the childhood of Jesus. It's in Luke chapter 2, verse 42. And this is where, this is what it says. It says, when Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual. After the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth. But Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, and his parents didn't miss him at first. Now, let me just stop right there, because a lot of us, we're going to go judge these parents right here, because every parent knows what it's like to, to, to lose a child. Okay, parents, how many of y'all have lost a child before? Come on, show of hands. Come on, show of hands. Okay, some of y'all are lying. I know it's not true. Because ch children don't stay where you are. They like kind of go off on their own. Like the people that we're probably judging right here, they're the people that don't have kids yet. That's what I know. The people that don't have kids are the ones that judge the people that do have kids. They're like, well, I would never lose my child. Listen, you have a child within the first five years, you'll use, lose them for at least 20 minutes. I promise you. Jumping down to 46, verse 46, it says, three days later. Now, how many of y'all know, like, it's okay to lose a child for 20 minutes. It's not okay to lose your child for three days. But we're going to give them some grace here. It says, they finally discovered him in the temple. They discovered him in church. Sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them, and asking questions. And listen, I think this should be every parent's dream, that when your kid gets lost, where do you find him at? You find him at church. He's sitting there, or she's sitting there. They're taking notes. They're raising their hand. They're asking questions. They wanna, they, they're like learning like good things. Like That's where you want to lose your child. It says, his parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic, searching for you everywhere. This is how Jesus responded. He goes, why do you need to search? Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? He says, listen, you, you've misunderstood. I'm a church kid. Like, I'm the kid, like, Jesus was the first ever church kid. Like, he was, he was like, I'm going to be in the house of God. I'm, I love the house of God. I'm going to learn in the house of God. I'm going to grow up in the house of God. Now, I just want to take a little bit of a poll here because I know we have a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds that are here today. So I, I want to know how many of you guys, you grew up in church where you went to church Sunday, you went to Sunday night, you went Wednesday night. Come on, raise your hands. Where are all my church kids at? Like people that grew up in church. Okay, look around because these are all the weird people. Just not, I'm not kidding. I, I am kidding. I'm not really sure if I'm kidding or not. I, I'm not a church kid. I didn't grow up in church. My wife is actually a church kid. Like she, her family were youth pastors. Not only were they youth pastors, they loved church so much on Sunday, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. They loved it so much they moved in next door to the church. And, and like they were there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Sunday. Like they lived at church. They were like the ultimate church kids. Now, growing up, not being a church kid, I thought church kids were weird. 
Like, I thought they were a little socially awkward. I didn't really get what was going on and why they were so passionate about this dude named Jesus. I thought that was just this awkward and weird. And then at 19 years old, I found a relationship with God, and the local church changed my life. Like, I found my best friends in the local church. I found my purpose in the local church. I found my calling in the local church. I found my salvation in the local church. I found my wife in the local church. I found, I found my mentors in the local church. Church. I found my golfing buddies in local. Like the local church means a lot to me. Like all of my best experiences in life are in the local church. And so it's, it's given me a different perspective. Like I want everybody's children to grow up and be church kids so they don't have to go through the experiences I went through and go through the hardship and the pain that I experienced so they can grow up in the house of God and know God from an early age to the end of their age and they can follow him all the days of their life. But what I realize is that the church has not necessarily done a great job of marketing. Like, we have not put our best foot forward to the world. And so what I know is that, like, when I'm having a bad day or I need to just encourage myself, I go on the internet and I look at some church signs, and I was doing it this week, and I thought I'd just share some of the best church signs of marketing I've ever seen. Like, this one. Do you know what hell is? Come hear our preacher. Like that pastor's got no chance. It's like, you wanna know what hell is? Come to church here. Ain't nobody going to church there. How about this one? Honk if you love Jesus, text while driving if you wanna meet him. Such an encouraging sign, isn't it? So encouraging. How about this one? This, this is great. God loves you more than Kanye loves Kanye. Come on, we all know that. that's a true statement right there because Kanye loves him some Kanye. And God loves you more than Kanye loves himself. So that's incredible. This, this one was kind of messed up. Whoever stole our AC units, keep one. It is hot where you're going. I think they misread the Bible. I'm not sure that's how you're supposed to approach people. But my favorite one of them all, I, saw, I saved the best for last. This is for some of you out there. You're going you're gonna to appreciate this one. Cremation is your last chance for a smoking hot body. I don't care who you are, that right there is funny. Some of you are like, so you're saying there's still a chance, you know? So, so we haven't necessarily done the best job like putting our best foot forward and showing our best side when it comes to what the church is. And I wanna encourage you today because if you knew the power of being involved in, in connected community in your local church and finding that community, and how it would take your life to the next level, you would make it such a huge priority in your life. Psalms 92, verses 12 and 13, it says, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of God. In other words, when you're connected to the local church, say, my family is going to connect in the church. My, my friendships are going to be found in the church. My life is going to be ingrained in the local church. It says this in verse 14. They will still bear fruit in old age. And let me just say to some people that feel like, man, I'm at the end of my life. It must be over. Listen, your best days are not behind you. They're still in front of you. If you're engaged here at Coastal Community Church, your best years are not your 20s and your 30s and your 40s. Your best years can be your 50s, your 60s, your 70s your 80s, your 90s, your 100, because God is still doing something. He says, they will stay fresh 
and green. I want to say fresh and clean, but so fresh and so clean, I don't, <laughs> it's a wrap, I don't know what to say. So I want to help you today and show you how Jesus found community and how did he pick the community that he surrounded himself with. And we're going to be looking at a passage of scripture out of Mark chapter 3, verse 13, if you want to turn to your Bible there. It says this, Jesus went up on the mountainside and called to him those he wanted and they came to him. And can I just stop right there and can I encourage some people that have picked their friends way too quickly? Some of y'all need to make sure you're praying about who you're surrounding yourself with in life because you're just surrounding yourself with any joker that comes around you. And parents, listen, the most important prayer that you may ever pray for your children is this, is God, put the right relationships around them. Like, surround them with the right people because you're a byproduct of the people that you surround yourself with and who you surround yourself with matters. And so Jesus was intentional. He prayed and then he picked to his friends where Mark 13. It says, Jesus went up on the mountainside and called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. Now, Jesus specifies Three things here that he's like, man, this is what I'm looking for in community. There's three qualities that I am looking for in a community that I'm going to surround myself with. And so today I want to give you those three qualities because I think it's important that we look for people that embody these qualities. But at the same point, we also need to look at ourselves and go, am I being this kind of person in every relationship I'm in? Because it's not just about us finding those relationships. It's about us being that in every relationship that we have. So three qualities that we're looking for in a community, starting in verse 14. It says, he appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach. So if you're looking for community in 2022, here's number one. You've got to commit to a community that loves Jesus. You've got to commit to a community that loves Jesus. The most important thing you're going to do is surround yourself with some people who are passionate lovers of Jesus. Let me just say it this way. I'm not going to run with them if they're not running after him. Like, I'm just not, I'm not going to run with them if they're not running after him. And if they're running after him, then I'm going to run with them. Because I want to surround myself with people that are passionate about God. I was thinking about this this week, and uh, I was thinking back to between my third and fourth grade year, uh, I was a latchkey kid, which meant my parents left me at home during the summers. Uh, and so that summer, I would wake up every day in time for The Price is Right with Bob Barker. Come on, somebody. Everybody remember that? You have the long microphone. We, we watched him Bob Barker. There was a friend in the neighborhood that would come over that was in the same class as me. Uh, and then we would hang out. We'd play Monopoly. We'd play some video games. We'd do all that stuff. But we never played sports, and this because the this kid was not very athletic, and, and we ended up becoming good friends over this summer. He lived like a couple of houses down, and, and all throughout the summer, he's like, hey, TJ, when we get back to school, and we go to like recess or PE, and they're like picking people, will you please pick me to be on your team? Like, I don't want to be the last kid to get picked, and I'm like, man, man, I've got you. We're boys. Like, we're going to, we, like, I, we've developed this great friendship. You know, the first day we went back to school in fourth grade, we were at recess, and I was picked as a captain. You want to know who I picked first on my team not that kid I picked the most athletic I picked the most physically gifted kid then my pick came around the second time you want to know who I picked not that kid again I picked the second like that into, I never picked that kid to be on my team why because I'm in life to win 
Like, I'm not here for charity. And some of y'all, listen, 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 listen. Some of y'all are still hanging with your friend from second grade who's been no good since second grade, but you're like, oh man, we're just, we're just people. Ladies, you're, you're still hanging out with your sorority sister and you're 38 with three kids and she's like, let's go clubbing. <laughs> Some of you are laughing a little too hard. You're like, I'm sitting next to them right now. No. Like, don't let just your default always be your default. You gotta pick people and who you surround yourself with really matters. Jim Rohn says it like this. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So you wanna take your life to the next level? Get better friends. Develop better friendships. Develop a better community. Proverbs 13, 20 says this. Walk with the wise, and guess what you'll become? Wise. For a companion of fools, and some of y'all are hanging out with some fools. You know what happens? They suffer harm. Suffer harm. I want to help you because some of you keep making mistake after mistake after mistake. And you think, man, I've got to change something. And you don't know what it is that you're going to change. And you're like, what is it that I need to change? It's not a what, it's a who. And if you start to change the who you'll find out that you'll start making some better decisions in your life. So I want to I talk to some young people here, some students that are here that just think, well, my friends don't matter. No, no, no. Who you surround yourself with matters. I, I've heard it said, you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. So your relationships really, really do matter. So where do we find community? I want to make this as easy as possible and as simple as possible for you today. My community that loves Jesus is my local church. It's my local church. That's it. It's where I get connected in a local church that will help me love Jesus more. And if you don't know what the local church is, let me help you out. It's coastal. It's right where you are. You found it. Congratulations. You're winning right now. And when you get connected in the local church, when you find good, godly, God-fearing friends that love Jesus, are pursuing Jesus, you'll see your life begin to go to the next level. The first thing that Jesus goes is he said, hey, I'm going to pick the people that are going to be closest to me. You want to change the world? Pick some friends that are close to Jesus. Pick some friends that love Jesus. Pick some friends that are passionate about Jesus, that are pursuing Jesus, because we're not gathering here for a religious experience. We're gathering here to worship the King of Kings and Lord of Lords that can change everything for everybody. And listen, if you, don't, if you don't know how to get connected here at church, I'm going to give you a really easy step. Go to Next Steps. Whatever location you're at, go to Next Steps. We'll help you get connected. And your location pastor will let you know when it's taking place. But let's stop being a spectator at church and let's start being a participator in God's church. And, and I know some of you guys are going, well, TJ, my friends don't really matter. No, 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 they do. They do. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, it says, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. A lot of other versions say, don't be unequally yoked. What that doesn't mean is that you can't have friends that aren't Christians. In fact, I want to encourage you to have some friends that aren't Christians. What I'm saying is that those people that are closest to you should not be those people. The people that are closest to you should have the same values. They should have the same principles. They should have a, a, a deeper relationship and a passionate relationship with Jesus himself. And they should be running after him. That's the kind of people that should be closest to you. 
And we have to make a decision. I'm going to pick a community that loves Jesus. And Jesus didn't stop there. Continuing in verse 14, he says, He appointed 12 that they might be with him, that they might send them out to preach. And I think this is huge here. Jesus shows us another quality we should be looking for in community. And number two, that is a community. we got to commit to a community that's on mission. Got to commit to a community that's on mission. Listen, I love weekend services. I love worship nights. I love she got, I love all of those things. And so many people are just going, man, when's the next service? Where, where's the next service? I'm going to go to church here. I'm going to jump over to this service over here. I'm going to jump over to that service over there. And you're just jumping from service to f- service to service. And you've got to realize that at some point you've got to get outside of the four walls of the church and go and reach a lost and dying world with the message of Jesus Christ. Like, you've got to get on mission. You've got to be a part of a community that is on mission to do something bigger than you can do by yourself. And there's a bond that comes with doing that with other people. Like, people in the military will tell you this, that if, if you're in a service branch, they're like, and you're in service with somebody else, there's a naturally, there's a bond that's there with you. They'll also say that, like, if you actually go to war with somebody, when you're on the front lines together, man, there is, there is a unity that is there between you and that other person. There is a commitment that's there between you and that other person. There is a trust that's there that can't be built anywhere else. Why? Because you're on the front lines together. And the church has got it all wrong. We've made church into some sort of social club when the reality is that it's an army advancing the kingdom of God. It's an army. But so many of us, were like, man, I'm just going to roll into church. I'm going to try this on like it's a, it's a cruise ship. Oh, do they have a nice coffee bar? Do they have enough options for me? Do they have a vanilla latte? Oh, the worship was really nice today and those lights. The pastor's a little hyper, but we'll deal with that. Listen, the church is not a cruise ship for the socialization of the saints. It's a battleship going out to take the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world so they can find the hope and restoration that they need. We're a church on mission. Hebrews 10, 24 says it like this. And let us consider how we may spur one another on. In other words, like, if you expect to come to church here and it be comfortable and you're just going to chill and relax, man, this is the wrong church for you. Because I don't know if you've checked it out, but spurring is actually like a cowboy term where they put some spikes on the back of their boots. And when they want an animal to move, what do they do? They, they kick into them and it gets them moving. You know what God wants to do to all of us? He wants to kick all of us into gear. He wants to kick us on to gear that we may be spurred on to go out into a lost and dying world and show them love and good deeds. And as a church, man, we're going to constantly challenge you to get out of your seat and be a part of what God is doing here in our church. Be a part of giving to the vision. Be a part of inviting people. Be a part of participating. We are a church on mission. So let me just make it really, really clear. My community that is on mission is the dream team. It's a dream team. And you need to be a part of it. And if you're not a part of it, I'm just telling you, you're missing out on the advancement of what God wants to do and how he wants to use your life to change the world. 
you're missing it. And listen, the dream team is made up of all different shapes, all different sizes, all different commitment levels. And, and, and it's, it, there's something there for everyone. And what I love about the dream team is it's a group of people that understand that we is always bigger than me. Like we is always bigger than me. That we, the part that we play is bigger than the part that I can play by myself. And I wanna challenge some people because 2020 was a crazy year. 2021 got even crazier. And, and, and a lot of us, what happened is we got out of the habits of being connected in our local community. And I wanna challenge you to get connected. I wanna challenge those of you that were serving before the pandemic and you were engaged in your church and you were a part on a larger level than it is showing up and, and, and consuming and leaving and, and you stopped doing it. I wanna challenge you to get back engaged. Get back involved. I wanna challenge some of you that you experienced some church hurt and that's real. I understand churches hurt people. Why? Because it's full of people. And last time I checked, we're all jacked up and messed up. But it's time for you to get back in the game. It's time for you to start to engage in what God was doing and watch what will happen when you begin to use your life for a greater purpose than what you thought was possible by yourself. And so I'm gonna challenge you, man. There's a card in the seat back pocket in front of you that says, get connected. You don't know how to connect? Fill this out and say, I don't know. Down here at the bottom, like how do I start getting engaged on a dream team? We'll help you do that. It's part of our responsibility as a church is we're to equip you for acts of service. Like we're to equip you to use your gifts and your talents to make a difference. And I'm just telling you, that only happens when you're a part of the dream team. I tell people all the time, you want to be a part of what God's doing here at Coastal Community Church? Get on the dream team. Yeah. Well, you're like, I'm a part. No, no, no. You're, you're experiencing service. You're not, you're not making a difference. It's a big difference between those things. In fact, it's how we are able to launch our Lighthouse Point location that's joining with us right now. It isn't because of anything I personally, TJ McCormick had no, no, no difference making that Pastor Brian is awesome as he is. He didn't make a difference. Our staff did not make a difference. What made a difference to reach a community is that there were 150 people that said, you know what? I will give up my Sundays at 10, 15 and 11, 30. And I will go to the other side of our community and I will make a difference for the next year. And because they were willing to take a step of faith and go, I'm gonna use my gifts. I'm gonna use my talents in the short time that that location has been there 122 people have given their life to Jesus because of their sacrifice that's going man we is way bigger than me so here's what we believe at Coastal Community Church man we're not just going to be a Christian by name we're going to be a Christian by action and some of us we've been a Christian by name for so long this time for us to put some action to that adjective that's before our name which means that we have to engage and so here's what we believe. We believe that every member is a minister. We believe everybody is a minister. You have something to offer. It's not my responsibility to reach our, our city. It's our responsibility to reach our city. You are the church. We are the church. And you have a calling on your life. We also believe that every task is important. So what I do is not more important than what you do. Like I am very, very... Uh, excited that God has called me to preach the gospel, but what I'm doing right now is not any more important than the person that's right behind that camera right now. 
Because the person that's behind that camera is creating uh, the ability for us to not just be here in this room, but it's going to other locations. It's going all over the internet to thousands of people that'll watch that this week. Like, I'm not more important than the person that was out there in the parking lot that was helping you find your parking spot because that was your first experience here with us at Coastal Community Church. And they made it a great experience because they're smiling, they're dancing out there in the streets because they love what they do because they know that they're making a difference. I'm, what I do is not more important than it's back there in the kids ministry right now, teaching and training your kids, partnering with parents to make it hard for kids to go to hell so they can, so they can experience, know, and follow Jesus right now. What, what's happening is we all partner together so at the end of service when we say hey you know what somebody that's out there they need to receive Christ and somebody lifts up their hand we're all in that together we make that happen so my question for you is is what is your part to play what is the team that God has called you to serve on because what we've learned is that everyone is a tenant something like you have gifts you have talents you're unique, and that uniqueness is needed. Like God wants to use that thing that he's uniquely gifted you with, and you'll never understand the significance of your life until you use your uniqueness to make an eternal difference. So how do you need to engage? Going back to Mark chapter 3, it says, He appointed the twelve that they might be with him, and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. Some of you are like, what kind of church did I just walk into? Talking about driving out demons? Ushers, bring the snakes. I'm just kidding. I'm just. We don't, we don't do that. <laughs> but some of you are like, like, what does that have to do with my friends, TJ? Like, seriously, like. That's a, that's a weird verse that has everything to do with it. Let me, let me, let me explain why. Jesus said, man, I, I, I want to have some people that are with me. Like, we need to have some people that love Jesus in our life. He said, I want some people that are on mission. They're like, they're ready to preach the gospel. And he said, you know what else I need? I need some people that have some authority over things that bind up other people. So number three, you need to commit to a community that actually brings freedom to your life. Brings freedom. Like, I'm so thankful for the salvation that I experienced at 19 years old that changed my whole life. I'm, I'm so thankful that the life change that has started, that it's not ended in my life. Like, I'm still changing. Like, that was just the beginning of what God wanted to do in my life. And some of you all have walked into church and you've given your life to Jesus and you think, man, that's the end all be all of it. And that's not the end all be all of it. God wants to continue to move and do some things in your life. And if that's all you've experience you are missing out because you have issues in your life you have issues in your life I have issues in my life if you don't know what your issues are that's your issue because we all have them and and here's the deal let me challenge you in this you need some safe people that are in your life that can help you work that stuff out of your life And that's what happens in community at the local church. James chapter 5, verse 16, it says this, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. He doesn't say forgiven, does he? He says so that you may be healed. Why? 
Because forgiveness doesn't come from other people. And this is where the church has got it wrong for so long. A lot of us grew up in Catholicism or just church experiences where you thought, you, you know what I have to do to, to experience forgiveness? i got to go to my pastor, i got to go to my priest, and i got to confess. And if I'll confess, then I'll experience forgiveness. But a person cannot give you experience. The only thing that can give you forgiveness is the cross of Calvary 2,000 years ago where Jesus shed his blood so that you could experience life and have it more abundantly, where you can be forgiven of your past, your present, and your future. And so he doesn't say, hey, you get forgiven when you confess your sins to each other. He says, you get healed. So here's what we do. We go to Christ for our forgiveness but we go to the church for our healing. We go to the church for our freedom. He says you'll be healed if you pray for one another, if you believe for each other. And our word for 2022 is this word health. How do we get healthy? We're part of a church where we'll stand in the gap and we'll find some people in our life that will pray for us and believe for us and stand with us in those moments. Going back to that verse, it says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person, what does it have? It has great power and produces wonderful results. You want to see your life go to the next level? Get around some people that have a little bit of authority. They're going to go, you know what, I'm going to believe with you and I'm going to pray with you for that breakthrough to take place in your life. I'm going to stand with you and believe that you can be healed of that diagnosis that you just experienced. I'm going to stand with you and I'm going to watch your marriage be restored. Because the Bible says where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am also. And if we ask anything according to God's will, I believe it's God's will to heal. I believe it's God's will to restore. I believe it's God's will to save. I believe it's God's will to move in your life. It says his will shall be done. But a lot of us, we're trying to do it on our own instead of finding that community that we need to stand together with. And so where do we do this? We find community. My community that brings freedom, it happens in connect groups. Happens in connect groups. And I, I love groups. It's, it's where I go every Thursday morning. I have a group of guys that come and hang out. And, and every week we talk about some things that are happening in, in the business world. And we're learning and we're growing. But after every single week, there's always somebody that stays back and goes, Hey, Pastor DJ, here's what I'm going through. Here's what's happening in my life. And we stand together. We start praying. We start believing. We see God do miracles. We see God do transformation. We see marriages that get restored. We see uh, bondages of addiction that get broken. We're seeing it happen all the time because watch what happens when you find some people in your life that will walk with you and talk with you and pray with you and believe with you and have some authority to do that. And let me just be honest with you. If you just attend Coastal on the weekends and you think that that's all that this church has to offer, like, listen, you're coming here for an appetizer. Because think about this. This right here is a one-sided conversation. I talk, you listen. When I say it's done, it's over. That's what happens. And the heartbeat of our church is Coastal Community Church. 
There's a reason we put the name community in it because we know that life change doesn't happen in the context of service. This might be a starting point. But true life change and transformation is going to happen in the context of your relational world. And we all need some people in our lives that have some authority to move some mountains with prayer, to stand with us in the difficulties. And I listen to people go all the time, well, I came to church and I didn't connect. And I'll go, well, did you get on a dream team or did you go to connect group? No. Listen, you're never going to feel connected here if you're not on a team or in a group. On a team, on mission, in a group, getting freedom. On mission to change the world, in a group to transform your world. Got to get connected to the community. Let me close with this. We just launched our Lighthouse Point location here January 9th of this year. And uh, incredible, incredible launch there. And before that, we had done an extensive remodel on this building that was built in 1965. And, and we did a ton of work. I mean, we replaced so much stuff. And we basically tore it down and rebuilt it interior-wise. And, and so we put in these incredible brand-new bathrooms because the doors to the bathrooms were literally this wide, which meant that any person that was, that was my size could not walk in. Uh, and any person that had a disability or needed a walker or had a wheelchair would never be able to go to the bathroom. So we're like, man, we got to replace those. We actually took out a whole bunch of offices, built these great bathrooms that were there. And... Uh, and so the first week came and went and went incredible. The second week, uh, Pastor Brian is frantic because he's there and people start using the restrooms. And all of a sudden, uh, all the toilets start backing up and poop is coming out through the floor drains. It's like not a great first impression. Like when people come over to your house and like your toilet backs up all over the floor, it's like nobody really wants to come back to that, do they? It's like, that's nasty. And we're like, man, what are we going to do? We, th- we thought that throughout the week, all the stuff went down. We were flushing the toilets and stuff throughout the week, making sure it was good. It seemed all good. They came back that third week, and all of a sudden, man, it backs up again. And we're having to close down those restrooms. Terrible first experience for people. And we're like, man, what in the world is going on? And, and so we had our contractor go out there, and we're like, man, we, just, we put in all new fixtures. We put in all new plumbing here. I mean, and, and what we discovered is, is that when, when we ripped all this up, what we did is we put all these new fixtures and all this brand new CPVC piping in and we ran it and what we did is we connected it to an old cast iron system that eventually ran out to the road and when the plumber came in he started diagnosing everything and he said man there's nothing wrong with all the new stuff that we put in the problem is is that you've got an old cast iron pipe here and it's got years and years and years of buildup of paper and paper towels and poop and it's blocking everything from flowing through and so he goes what I have to do is he went and got any water jet and he he started blowing this water jet through our pipes and eventually it hit that stuff and he went out to the side of the road and eventually is an explosion out of the road where it all walked in it's great church story right you're like what does this have to do with my relationships it has everything to do with them let me explain why because he said man you can't put a good system on a bad existing system. And what a lot of us have done is we've gone and we've gotten that new friend. 
And we've gone to that church and we said, man, this church is going to be the fix or this connect group is going to be the fix. And, and you jump from group to group, from friendship to friendship, from church to church. And you think that they're the problem. You think that they're the issue. That person's the problem. That church is the problem. That group is the problem. And they aren't the problem. It's that you're putting a good new system to a bad existing structure. And what I mean by that is a lot of us, we have hurt. We have pain. We have issues that have been clogging up the aspect of our life. that have been keeping us from experiencing all that God wants to do in our life. And I, I'm just here to tell you that today that the Holy Spirit is here. And what he's wanting to do is he's wanting to come in with that water jet. And he's wanting to flush out some things that happen in your life. And what he wants to use is he wants to use people to help diagnose that and utilize that. And he's going to work through their life to actually move in your life and change you and transform you so that you actually can step into healthy community, so that you can be all that God has called you to be. And this is why Jesus came. He didn't come so you could change you, because if you could change you, you would have already changed you. So you've already discovered that you can't change you, but you know who can? He can. And he can begin to do that work right now in your life. And that's why he came 2,000 years ago so you could experience it. Would you guys bow your heads and close your eyes? Some of you guys right now, you're trying to put the right stuff, the right fixtures, the right uh, things onto a bad system. And you're trying to buy going to church, you're trying by selecting friends, and it hasn't worked, so what do you do? The Bible says that we have to confess our sins. And here's what it says. It says, he, meaning God, is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and begin to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So maybe you're out there and you don't know God or you knew God at one point, but you walked away. I want you to know that you can start that cleansing process right here and right now. No matter where you are, no matter where, what you've done, no matter what has happened to you in life. I believe that this is your moment of salvation. And on the count of three, I'm going to give you an opportunity to raise your hand in an act of surrender saying, God, I'm tired of trying to do it my way. I want to surrender to your way. And it begins with a simple yet significant prayer of saying, you know what, I'm going to confess with my lips and believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord and I'm going to let him take over. And if that's you out there today, I'm going to count to three and I'm going to ask you to slip your hand up like plenty of people have already done today. One, two, three. I'd love to pray with you. Go ahead. Yes, I see you. Yes, two. Thank you. Yes, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Anybody else? Nine, thank you, sir. I see you back there. Anybody else? If you'll pray this prayer in your heart as I pray it out loud, say, God, thank you so much for seeing me in the middle of my mess and not saying that mess is too big for me to clean up, but 
I actually have a solution for your mess. It's my one and only son, Jesus. And I'm going to send him into the middle of it. So that you could experience forgiveness of sins. God, I ask you to forgive me of my past. Change my present. And give me a hope for my future. I ask you to come into my heart, come into my life and take over. Begin to change me from the inside out. Begin to push the stuff that has been corroding the system for so long so that I can be new again. God, bring some people into my life that can help me walk out this journey of faith as I surrender my will and my way to you. Fill me with your love and your joy and your peace and your patience and your goodness and your mercies that are new every single morning. God, I love you in this place. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Amen. You know, for those of you that just prayed that prayer with Pastor TJ, maybe for the first time or the first time in a long time, as a church, we want to be a resource to be able to come alongside of you and help you along on this journey of faith. And we have some tools and resources that we would love to 